0: Hello, and thank you for listening to the very first episode of Living in the Gray Parenting Invisible Struggles. My name is Christy Sunshine, and I am a parent and caregiver to a 16, almost 17 year old son that lives. My son has a bipolar diagnosis. However, I am not fully in support of that anymore, um, which we can get into in later episodes, Um, and he has possible ODD um, amongst who knows what else, Um, and so you look at my son, and he looks capable, he's handsome, he has a beautiful smile, he's funny, he has gorgeous curly hair, Um, he's smart and creative, he's just an amazing human, And so for the outside world, if you were to walk by my son on the sidewalk, you would never know that my son struggles in the way that he does. And that is an invisible struggle. That's what it means for our family. Your family, it may be different. Um, You know, it could be any type of mental health diagnosis or even you know, some sort of medical struggle that you can't look at somebody and see that that they are struggling with whatever their diagnosis is. So that is what an invisible struggle is for the purpose of this podcast. What is living in the gray? Well, I use this a lot. I use this term so, mit- so much with teachers and medical professionals and mental health professionals. Living in the gray for us is that we live in a space of, my son is growing up and can be an asshole teenager. And my son struggles with many different types of invisible struggles that impact multiple parts of his life and the gray area is everything in between there. And there are some things that happen a lot, multiple times a day, where I'm curious, is that my son being an asshole teenager and he should get a consequence? Or is that something that is coming up from an invisible struggle and we need to find a support or a coping skill or whatever around it? And of course... I don't want to punish the uncontrollable, and I don't want to not punish the controllable. But how are we ever supposed to know what the hell it's manifesting from? When he's having a struggle from his TBI or his ADHD or depression, the struggle doesn't come out and name itself and say, well. This is an uncontrollable behavior or choice. So we're not going to punish this. We actually need support around this. And the same on the opposite side. It's not going to come out and be like, I am an asshole teenager and fuck you. So then I know, oh, I should probably, you know, come up with a consequence around that. So I'm constantly living in between there. Which one is it? What's the right answer? What's going to do the least amount of damage if I'm wrong? Or what's going to be the most productive and positive choice if I'm right? I still don't have a fucking clue. Um, And I probably get it wrong 9.987 times out of 10. But I don't stop trying. But living in the gray is a hard area to be in. And that's just our life or our day-to-day life. That doesn't even count finding community resources, mental health resources, medical resources, like living in the gray area, you're either like so far needing support and struggling so much that you're in the hospital or at a residential facility or at a IOP, PHP, or in the ER getting a mental health evaluation and staying on the PICU floor, or you're not quite there, and people just keep telling you that there's no resources available, but you should try this resource. I, I, I love when people tell me to call the crisis line. You know how many times I've called the crisis line? And how many times it was such a waste of fucking time because we live in that gray area. And the crisis line is great for some people. I don't want to completely devalue the crisis line. It just doesn't work for my family. We cannot find resources because a lot of resources are reactive and... There are so few and far between resources, actually, I don't have any resources, that are proactive or in the moment. When we're in crisis, I need somebody to help me right now. I don't wanna wait till Monday to have somebody come support me and my son, in whatever way possible. It's insane to me that there are not more resources for families with kids that struggle the way that my son has struggled, and we've n- we're like the gray area again. I'm just gonna keep saying it because that's what it is. Like we live in this gray area of not being bad enough, or or out of it enough, or crisis enough to really get people's attention. But we're also not okay. We're also struggling in massive ways. And if we don't get help for these massive struggles that we're having that don't quite meet criteria for like all the bells and whistles to start going off, we're going to get there. We're going to get to that place of all the bells and whistles going off. And by that time, it's too late. I feel very passionate about that. It is It is crazy making to me. And I tell myself, like, the resources aren't there for families like mine. They're just not there. So if they're not there, I have to make them. I have to create them. I have to bring awareness awareness to to the fact that there is a chance where some of these behaviors and long-term effects of people's lives being impacted by the lack of resources when they're kids and teens like, there has to be a way. And so this is kind of like my first step. This is my first step. The podcast is the first step. You know, if do I have a platform? Do I have other families that are feeling the same pains that I am? That just need some help and direction and support. So we don't have to get to the point of looking into residential facilities or therapeutic boarding schools or hospital stays. There has to be a way. I don't know what that way is yet, but that's kind of how this podcast came to be, is figuring out you know, what's out there, what do people need help with, And how do we create the resources for the gray area? How do we support these kids? And how do we support the parents? Parenting the kids that are living with invisible struggles, whether that's in advocating in schools or advocating in front of legislation or advocating for insurance coverage. I mean, there's just so many things that families like mine have to go through and battle for and beg for sometimes. Do you know how many times I've had to like beg people to even just hear our story because you look at him and he looks capable. And I'm like, wait, you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. Somebody listen to me. I'm not making this up. I have I had to like film our struggles and take that into the hospital sometimes because by the time we got to the hospital, he had de-escalated and the situation was over. So I had to like film my son in crisis in order for people to hear me and listen to me and believe me. It shouldn't have to take that much. I shouldn't have to battle the schools and insurance companies the way that I've had to battle them. And I am a fierce advocator for my son. And at this point, knowing what I know now I go into it armed with so much information, whatever battle I am about to confront, I go into it with education and information, knowing the laws, knowing our rights, because I actually know more than a lot of the educators that sit across the table from me that are looking for reasons to tell me no. I know the laws, the special education, um, uh, not the handbook. I know it inside and out. So, if you're going to tell me no, then you better be able to direct me to the reason why. And, you know, for our family, my son doesn't show up in school the way that he shows up at home. Uh, so I've, that was a hard battle to fight for a very long time. And so that's living in the gray, parenting invisible struggles. And that's where this comes from. Um, I do want to mention if I haven't already that I have my son's permission to, uh, share our journey and our story. Uh, my son's heart is in helping people and he will also come on and talk about his experience as a human living with invisible struggles. Um, He feels very strongly about speaking, especially about his experience within schools and teachers, um, which I also feel very passionate about. Is teaching teachers how to treat kids with invisible struggles. Um, so we have a lot to cover, and our journey has been very—I um, don't even know how to describe it. Um, <laughs> It's—it has been interesting. There are some really sad parts of it. We've had some great successes. Um, But I want this to be real and raw and I want to be open with our real experience because I know I'm not alone. I know that I'm not alone in feeling um, defeated a lot. I know that I'm not alone in feeling like just misunderstood and hopeless. And I also refuse to believe that this is the best his life is going to get. And so I just keep staying in curiosity. I give up a lot in the moment. I like, you know, sound like I'm a big badass parent, right? You know, fuck that. I'm not doing that anymore. And He doesn't appreciate anything and I bend over backwards and I'm not doing it anymore. And then I sleep on it and I begin again the next day because we have to. It's our kids. But that does not make it easy. And I also appreciate that there are some situations where the really hard decisions and the hard love are necessary and sometimes self-preservation is what needs to happen for us as caregivers. And so there is no judgment because everybody's stories is theirs. It's their individual journey. And I believe that most parents do the best that they can. And I also believe that kids with invisible struggles still innately want to do good you know they're struggling I've described it to my son since he was a little guy as you have to put all of your struggles in a backpack every day and throw it on your back and it's gonna make life harder more than likely but it doesn't make it impossible it just makes it harder And we all do hard things every day. And there's that like cliche saying that we've survived 100% of the hard times up until this point. But it's true. I'm a perfect example of that. You know, I've had a very, very hard life. Um, And I'm still here talking about all of this to you and my son. My son has struggled in ways that kids should never have to struggle in. Something that was out of his control changed his life. We were in a car accident. He got a traumatic brain injury. And it changed his life and made his life so hard. But he's still here. He's still here. And he is living his life. And so he has made it through some of the hardest parts. And there's still hard parts to come for sure. And he'll make it through those too. I believe that. I believe that we are going to find the missing piece. We are missing something. And I don't know what it is yet, but we're going to find it. And it's not going to make his invisible struggles go away. And it's not going to make parenting or being a caregiver for him easier. However, it might help us understand a little bit more. And that's what we're on the search for right now. Just on our own journey is understanding the way his brain works understanding how all of these different pieces that he has going on makes him click. Like how do all of these different things in turn create these struggles? So this is going to be our journey to that too. So not only are you going to learn about our all of our ups and downs and craziness from from the car accident till today and now and moving forward, but you're also going to learn about our search for answers because maybe that also is going to help you. That's my hope. I hope that I can invite other families on to talk about their experience. I hope to find professionals mental health professionals, insurance professionals, medical professionals that can come on and talk about their experience with kiddos like ours. And of course, I want Craig to come on and tell his story. He's very self-aware and he is very articulate. And some of the things that him and I have talked about are just so wise and insightful And a like look into his brain. Which could probably help other families as well. Give you a little insight. And a voice for some of the voiceless. I don't have all the answers obviously. And we're actually in a really rough spot right now. Last two days have been pretty decent. Um, Indecent as in. There's been no explosions or raging at home, at least. There was a hard day at school today, but he hasn't been unkind to me. So it's a good couple days. I'll take it. One of the biggest struggles I've had as a caretaker and parent to my son is the feeling of isolation, feeling isolated with... Other families feeling isolated from you know just regular adult stuff, having an adult life um yeah you know, i'm a essentially have been in a single mom for Craig's entire life um the bio father has never been involved ever um I have been married, and even married, I was essentially doing it alone. Um, Then I got out of my marriage, and obviously was doing it alone, and have been in an amazing relationship with a wonderful woman uh, for the last year, well, a little over a year, And she has been such an amazing support system for me personally and for my son. She, her career is in helping kiddos like my son at a middle school level, but she also worked with kids on the streets for years and has been in schools and in detention centers and like juvies and stuff for her whole career. So she gets it. And I know that I am very blessed in that area because our life is not for anybody. Like if it is, you have to be a special person to be able to show up to what we do every single day. Um so I know that I am a blessed in that area. And I know that Craig is also blessed in that area because she also comes up with great ideas and supports and coping skills and uh, for him. And he, she's another safe person for him. So we are very, very, very grateful for that, uh, to have her as a part of our life. Um, and I know that that is not everybody's story. So I know that isolation is so real. I know that... It can be embarrassing to talk about. I know that it, it it can feel very shameful to talk about. I know I feel like a failure of a parent more than I feel anything else at this point. I've been doing this for almost 10 years with Craig since our car accident, and it's hard. And the isolation of watching And the isolation and sadness of watching on social media other families with kids that are the same age as my son, my son's friends, are doing things like, you know, sports and getting their first job and they're, you know, going on family trips and they're graduating high school or, you know did some amazing project in school or driving like going to driver's ed or getting their first car like all these like firsts right these things that you well that I created in my head when I became a mom at first of all these celebrations we were going to have and all these great core memories we were going to make and Life is going to be butterflies and rainbows all the time. And teenage years are going to be so great because we were to be the best of friends. And I'm celebrating if my son does a chore without, you know, punching the wall because I've placed an expectation on him. Or... If he's you know, being disrespectful and completely out of line and I ask him to go to his room and he knocks a chair over and kicks a basket and screams that I'm a bitch and stomps all the way upstairs and slams his door so hard that it cracks, I'm celebrating him actually going to his room and everything else is just a part of it. That's what I'm celebrating. I'm not celebrating these big milestones that these other families are putting up on social media. And that's not only isolating, it's sad and it fucking sucks. And this is our life. And we just continue to push forward. I do a lot of crying in the shower. And then I put my supportive supportive face back on and celebrate when he wakes up and gets to school on time. And that's okay because this is our life and I would not change who my son is for the world. I wish that I could change our experiences and of course, obviously that car accident and... I wish there are things that I could change that I could take his pain away. I wish that I could do all of that. I would do anything I could to take that away. And it's just not reality. Our reality is the life that we're living. And we're going to make the best of it. And I am not going to allow for all of these lessons that I've learned, all of the heartache and all of the successes be for nothing. And that is how, how um, living in the gray, parenting invisible struggles has come to be. So that is what this podcast is gonna be about. I hope you join us on this journey. I hope that I'm able to reach families that need to hear our story so they don't feel so alone. And I look forward to sharing our journey with you. If you want to get in contact with me, you can email me at honoryoursunshine at gmail.com. My Instagram is Christy Sunshine and my TikTok is Christy Sunshine. Um, I'm going to post this podcast all over the place. I don't know what that means because it's my first time doing it. So we'll see how that goes but until next time please remember that life is beautiful even when it's hard and go out and smile at the sun because the sun is always shining even behind the clouds